Anyway, um, what a way to start. So we may con- we may include explicit content. Are we off and up and running? We are. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, good overnight, uh, wherever you may be. I know no longer overnight is really a option because no one travels anymore on a plane. Hello, Mr. Bradley. Hello, and a good everything to you. I just thought I'd summarise it in one simple go. Good everything. Good, good everything. This is the second time today that someone has commented on your choice of words. Someone, we, Me and JB have just... Um, Earlier on today, finished a webinar for a client, a very important client, I should add as well. We had to wear a tie, very important stuff. And um, during the webinar, someone put a comment in the chat box saying they loved the two words that you'd used. And what were the two? I forgot what the two words were, wasn't it? Mag- it was something to do with unengaged people. I don't. I just come out with this shit, and then I forget what I said. It was something like um, um, uninterestingly uninterested. You know, it was quite clever. It was when I read it, I thought that's profound. But yeah, good, good, good grief! I'm so um, profound, but I can't remember what I'm profound about. I, it might be my age. I don't know. <laughs> but Jeff, um, a previous um, <laughs> colleague of mine, mm. every time I spoke, he's a regular I, I'm listener, be, isn't he? I'm not trying to be arrogant about it, but everything I said, he he would reach for his pen and he'd be writing all of this stuff out, and then uh, he would deliver it, and it. it, it he would just get something slightly wrong from what I'd said. And it would be, oh, no, 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 no. That's completely wrong. Absolutely wrong. Um, um, I, I, have a fun, I have a funny text speaking of previous employers, employees, managers, partners. Yes. A message from um, one of the senior executive leaders that was on our webinar earlier. Yeah. Well done on the session today. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Is there anything I need to change apart from not mentioning the company I used to work for with you? <laughs> <laughs> so we're on this webinar, right? So uh, for the listeners' benefit, we um, obviously have had to take our offerings digital. And this morning, we were doing a webinar to around about 30 senior executives. I think they're all country heads of this global organisation. And me and JB were whipping them into a frenzy. In fact, some of you could be listening to us now off the back of... Hearing us talk about it in these webinars, oh, yes. who knows? So we better be a bit careful. Yes, I'm being very to... careful. Anyway, yeah. um, the um, one of the senior executives on that call um, is a lovely, lovely person. In fact, he has been a listener of this podcast before, so he may also be listening to it and hopefully laughing at the fact we're keeping his identity well protected. 50-50, it's a he or a she, but it is a he. Anyway, this um, we were given a brief. Please wear a tie um, because it's just... A nice thing to do. It's very unusual for me and JB. We did it anyway. And we kind of think, fair enough. It's what you want. You you, you, you pay, we dress as you wish. Um, and JB, for the benefit of the listeners, has now just put his tie on and looks beautifully smart. Anyway, um, so we were told, so wear a tie if possible. Also, because you work with these senior executives before and these executives are new at this organisation, don't be over familiar. So we took that brief. And then what happens? The chief executive and the chairman come on this call and the other another executive come on the call and they start and introduce me and JB as longtime friends. <laughs> we were told not to be familiar. And then what happens? The chief people officer goes and says, anyway, really excited for you to join this course on enter old name of old employer that we all used to work together in previously. And then he had to call. I have to edit that out now, haven't I? Oh, you, yes, that's going to have to go. Yeah, I'll, I'll beat that. Make a note of it. Hold on. There are certain people who on the who listen to the podcast will be saying, "Oh, cool, right, I'm going to get in touch with them now." Yeah. Hold on a second. That was eight, yeah. minutes, eight minutes, ten Just seconds. Get that. Get that timing. 
get that sorted out. Okay. Anyway, very funny. He's just messaged to say anything I need to change apart from the right company name. <laughs> uh, it was funny. We've had a great... I have to be honest. We're... Uh, despite the mood of the nation, I think it's safe to say that me and JB are in rather optimistic form today. Would that be fair, Mr. Bradley? I think uh, we're going to end the week with a bang. Uh, we've had one bang, and this is the next one, and then we've got another one this afternoon. So it, it, it does feel like despite all the... Well, actually, it's not all bad news, is it? I mean, I, I, I'm, I thought uh, the Biden mm. inauguration was a little bit uplifting, and I felt moved... I felt uh, relieved and moved, yeah. yeah. When Lady Gaga uh, belted out that um, stars and uh, star-spangled banner, wow, 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 wow! Didn't she look amazing with that fantastic dress? And she did. just, I love the way she held held the cable. Um, I don't know what the value of that was, but it looked fantastic. It's like. You know, this is what I'm going to do to Trump next time I see him. <laughs> I have um, to agree brilliant. with you. Have to agree with you. I um, also like the fact that my my favourite piece was three former cross party presidents chewing the yeah. fat in a courtyard about the fact that they are united in their ambition to bring the United States of America to be united again. Republican, Democrat. Ironically, all three of them younger than their, their their successor. Yes. But there was unity. And that's really, I think, what most of us want right now, isn't it? Or maybe not. I, you know, this is, I don't want to go into another political episode, but I have to agree with you. One of my highlights of the week in the news was that. Is there's this that, relief, um, isn't there? It, there is a great sense of um, relief and renewal. And the... Amanda, the poet, I'm sorry, I can't remember her surname. I'm sure I, in years to come, it will be just so big in our minds. But wasn't she fantastic? She was brilliant. I thought Joe Biden's speech um, actually uh, wasn't bad at all. Uh, I, I thought it was pretty, pretty good. Uplifting stuff. Um, yeah, I just felt, come on, America. Come on. Yeah. And this is ironic because there is obviously speculation that doesn't mean it's going to be easy for the UK. No, given no. that um, they that Biden is a, um, I think he's got Irish heritage, isn't he? So he's he's big into the United Kingdom and the EU membership, I think, and the you know. So, um, but I agree with JB. I think all of us right now want something of optimism and change and improvement. So. For me, yeah, I like you, JB. Thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, I only managed to watch highlights of it because I've been flat out this week. But tell me about your week, Mr. Bradley. What have you been up to? Oh, my goodness. Um, after a bit of a sluggish start after Christmas, I've now, I'm now back in the, back in the game. Uh, I've, got, I've got the energy back. I've been writing... Uh, I mean, you know, Anne, I kind of write a whole load of stuff on flip charts. And I look, look, you can see in my background, um, I've... I, that's just one 
one flip chart of many that I've been writing. And I've, I don't know, for me, if I've got thoughts, it has to be written somewhere. And I like to put it, I've got three flip charts, actually, and I just write it down. And then I can look at it another day and just go, oh, yeah, now that was an interesting idea. That was an interesting thought. Um, so I've got loads of those going on. And that I've I've got my I've got my energy back. I, I've, some people call it kind of mojo. My my energy is is back. I'm committed to to writing up some interesting. Well, for me, it's interesting. I don't know is for anyone else, but I'm I'm putting stuff together. My my brain's on fire again. I'm doing my thinking and my um, my proper breaks, and I'm you know being eating nicely. And yeah, I'm actually quite glad to to moved have moved on from Christmas in my in my head. How about you? Same, absolutely the same. I mean, you know, and most of the listeners know that um, from being long-term listeners, that I moved jobs into a new role at the beginning of the year full-time. I've been kind of transitioning for the last three months. And um, I have to say in the last three and a half weeks, I don't think I've worked as hard ever in my life. Um, But ironically, I wouldn't change it for the world. I am making the most of my weekends at the minute because clearly my children are being slightly neglected. But they get it, and this is kind of for the next two or three months. So I'm kind of cool that I know that there'll come a point where I can start having a bit better work-life balance. But <clears throat> I have to say, I'm finding it exhilarating. I'm working on four hours sleep a night and don't seem to be flagging. But I'm very aware, as some people have said to me, don't do that for too much longer. So um, the optimism and energy I feel for what the business that I'm now involved in is doing is incredibly exciting. But I'm all too aware that some people listening may, that I don't think they'll listen with envy, well, that p- constructive envy. I'm all too aware of how bleak it is for an awful lot of people out there at the minute. You know, as JB says, there's actually a lot to be ha- happy about, but also it's been a dire week for deaths in the UK with COVID. Um, there is no sense, and I suspect it's been deliberate in communication strategy. Maybe we we'll talk about this in a second. There's no sense of an end in sight for the UK lockdown. As we record today on the 22nd of of January, um, uh, there is ultimately simply suggestion that if we're all back to normal, if we're starting to see some green shoots of happiness in Easter, then congratulations. But I wonder how much of it's down to the promise of Christmas and then taking it away. And maybe they only want to announce something when they've got absolute certainty as opposed to speculation. Um, so, it, you know, and that means more furloughing. It means more debt for the country. It means more debt and hurt for individuals. It's it's not a happy place at all, really, is it? No, it isn't. Um, but I think um, what is interesting about this conversation is that we are creating almost like a little kind of microclimate uh, inside something that actually I... I I sensed over Christmas, you know, I, that it, it was grim, it was bleak, it was dire, and I, I know people who have died. Um, I know them, and this wasn't the case this time last year, you know. It, it, so I think that really was the grim, shocking, shocking feeling. I know people who have died, and that hurt. So, but I think there is a, you know, there there is a need for us to be able to power through and uh, actually create these little microclimates uh, in our teams, in our world, in our families, um, not not so much as a protection or, you know, putting pulling up the drawbridge, not at all. I think it's to be actually able to talk about this stuff, to be aware, 
Um, but there are things that we can do uh, that are positive uh, and infectious for others. And I think you and are doing such an amazing job. And I, 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 I hope that you're going to get some decent rest and uh, have time out when you can get it because you will need it because I think you're doing an awful lot of, uh, you know, helping people uh, to get through this stuff by creating this amazing microclimate that you have. Um, which which kind of leads me onto a little bit of a segue, if I may. Yes. Into uh, this this book, um, I, I'm I'm doing more reading now than I think I ever have uh, because I I have an appetite uh, for renewal um, because I don't believe we're again, we're going to go back to any kind of normal. Uh, I think that's gone. I think we're into a into a very different world, and it strikes me every time we get to a new normal, uh, we have to face some other uh, normal. So I, you know, I think that is normal, uh, the abnormal, and uh, no normal. There is no new normal. There's no back to normal, and so I'm thinking, right, if that is what's going, if if we prepare for the worst, have that going on outside of us, then what can we do uh, within? Um, to protect ourselves and those who we love and who we work with. And so I'd, I've been buying a whole lot of books, and one of them is High Performance Habits um, by this guy called Brendan Burchard. I hope I've uh, pronounced that right. Uh, how Extraordinary People Become, um, you know, high, high performance individuals and, and develop these high performance habits. So I thought it would be quite interesting, given what we were just talking about, just to do a little check. And if you don't mind, Anne, we'll, we'll, we'll think about you for a minute. We'll go on then. Um, should, should we do that? Is, Are this you like, okay is, that? is this like a mini game? It's a little mini game. I like it. And, and so this, um, Brendan, if you ever listen to our podcast. All right, Brendan. Tune in. All right, Bren. Yeah, all right, all right. Mate. So this is a credit to Brendan Burchard. We are crediting you, so we're not sealing your content or anything. In fact, because of this, you may sell thousands and thousands and thousands of books worldwide. Now, and there are um, six of these, which I'm going to go through. The okay. first of which yeah. is Seeking Clarity. Um, seek clarity on who you want to be, how you want to interact with others, what you want, and what will bring you the greatest meaning. How are you doing on seeking clarity? On a scale or open comment answer? I think just let's go open with this and see. Okay. Um, Clarity about what I want to achieve, maybe, I think everyone knows the general direction, but maybe my clarity of exactly what I want to be famous for may not be clear. So I, perhaps on a scale, if I was to scale myself, would say a six and a half out of ten. Okay, so um, when I thought about this, am I a clarity seeker? And sometimes I think I'm a little bit on the visionary side of things, and I just might go, "Oh well, I'll get I'll get the clarity later." I'll, I'll you know, I'd, so I think I need to, uh, in 2021, uh, focus more on clarifying questions. Uh, I think I do reasonably well, but I I think on on an ability to be curious, yes. Um, but I, th I think I'm a bit too long term about that. I think I've got to be more clarifying up front 
and more self-aware about that. So seeking clarity, I think that's a really interesting idea yeah. uh, and, a, and a habit. That's a good habit. I am. I want to be one of those people who just seeks clarity. About oh, hang on, hang on, one minute. <laughs> I did. Um, I fired someone that used to constantly ask for clarity. I said, "This is chaos we're working in. <laughs> just get used to it." <laughs> oh, I've got another thing about chaos a bit later. But anyway, so now here's the second point. Point two. It's called generate energy, uh, so that you can maintain focus, effort, and well-being uh, to stay on your A game. Uh, you'll need to actively care for your mental stamina and oh. uh, physical energy and positive emotions in very specific ways. So this is a habit. Generating energy is is what's on the what's on the tin. What do you what what's your kind of feeling about generating energy at the moment? Um, huge important for myself and hugely important for my people because I think it is energy that is infectious to keep us all focused on our ambitions. And that's ironic, isn't it? Because my previous question was around lack of clarity. I think we have clarity about what we want to do, but not necessarily the exact end goal. But energy for the team and me are hugely important. I don't want to be around mood hoovers at the minute. I avoid them like the plague. I only surround myself by radiators, as you like to call them, JB. What are you going to do with your mood hoovers in your life if you if you have any or you come across any i've well i've married one i'm joking i'm joking ah! <laughs> uh, um no um i'm lucky actually i don't i think people know that i don't do well with mood hoovers so they know if they are in a mood hoovery mood to not come near me because so I'm lucky. If I did have any, I suspect I would um, I would chuck them out of my life. I think that's probably the best way to describe it. Can I ask you then to convert your the metaphor of the mood hoover mm. um, and convert the hoover into something, another appliance that you would find really, really useful and productive? Well, I have to be honest, I do use the Hoover on myself on a daily basis, which gives me great pleasure. Oh, sorry. I thought wrong we podcast. Wrong we podcast. Going to, we weren't going to talk about that. <laughs> right, sorry. Another appliance that represents what I would rather be surrounded by. So not, not a mood Hoover, but not a radiator. Well, I, so it, it, if your choice is a radiator, that's... that's no, good. it's not. I think actually I'm going to go for an LED light bulb. Oh. Because it creates warmth. And it's efficient. I, I, you've asked me this alive, so I've not really thought the answer through. But on the well, flight, often, there you go. Well, often these things are quite... You see, I think visually, yeah. uh, the, the hoover, um, you know, when that's sucking the, the bejesus, the life energy out of a room, and, you know, you want to stick that nozzle somewhere. Um, but, but, you know, we've got Hang a lovely... Which podcast went about again now? <laughs> We've got a lovely, we, a lovely light bulb. It's sustainable. It's got, it's got some great energy about it, um, and it's, a, it's a bright thing in your life. So, so you know, I think in terms of what you want round you, that's really important. But you've got to be one of those two, um, which I think you do. You, you generate, a, wow, you generate a, an aura of energy uh, around you. Um, with huge mental stamina and physical energy and positive emotions. 
It's ironic, but isn't I it, really? Because my wife says... Just got to be a bit careful. No, it's fine. My wife says I don't have much stamina, but there you go. That's another podcast. Yeah. Um, right, so that's number two. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think... Um, mm. I, after Christmas, I was a little bit low on generating energy, but now I think I'm about to redouble my efforts and go a bit bonkers for 2021. The I last, don't know why, it's just flipped. If I may, the last seven days, I have seen the JB that I've always known. Certainly that's what's been represented, even if that's not been how you've been feeling internally. So I, I suspect um, the feeling you were feeling at the beginning of the year has been very quickly dissipated in my mind. Um, yeah, I, I remember. In fact, we talked about it in another episode, didn't we? About you not having the best starts to the year, but clearly, two weeks is a long time in the current climate, isn't it? I think it's. I, I so I think I had a, I had a series of pretty decent conversations with myself and talked to a few people, Inc. You, um, and um, just just was able to uh, contain some of the some of the anxieties that I have, and they're still there. You know, there's still worries. I'm still worried about stuff. I'm still missing my kids hugely and it's hurting. But, um, you know, I, I think I've got a job to do and uh, I will see them again. <laughs> and, you know, so uh, I, I think generating that energy and how we deal with that is really important. And, and the book, I think, will help to focus in on what, what we need to do in terms of habits to generate that energy. So it's just, these are just interesting headings to play around with. So raise the necessity, this is number three, for exceptional performance. Uh, this means actively tapping into the reasons you absolutely must perform well. Uh, this necessity is based on a mix of your internal standards, uh, e.g. your identity, beliefs, values, or ex expectations for excellence. Uh, and external demands, social obligations, competition, public commitments and deadlines. Um, it's about knowing why. It's about knowing your why and stoking that fire all the time. So you feel the needed drive or pressure to get at it. It's the, it's the burning rafty thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I, is it me? I think so, certain organisations are quite nervous about raising... Uh, the necessity for exceptional performance or articulating it, uh, it in a really meaningful way. What do you think about that one in terms of your own views and viewpoints? Um, I, I would agree with you. It, it, it It's funny, isn't it? Because some organisations avoid performance management in any shape or form and therefore measuring their success or benchmarking it is almost like, well, we don't want to create a rod for our own back. And I think there is also this culture um, in some organisations of fixed mindsetness, if that's a word, mindsetness. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say that that, that that is a problem. Yeah. I, um, I think in self, um, raising the necessity for exceptional performance... I, for me, it's like a, it's just a given. I, I just have to, I have to do that. Yes. Um, and I don't think I need anyone else to kind of tell me uh, to to aim for those sort of levels of high high performance. As I see it, I, I guess the learning there is perhaps there's 
areas of exceptional performance that I could be uh, exceptional in, but I don't know it yet because I haven't explored it. How um, how would you respond to the statement then? Is there too much self-driven performance that is safe for you as yourself? Linking back to the point we talked about about working harder than we've ever done before. I agree with yeah. you. I think we are both incredibly self-driven and I let the haters hate and I it makes me more determined. But can determination, even if actually it's doing the right thing and it's performing... At, at what point do you burn yourself out through too much determination? Yeah, well, I, there there is a very, very good point. And I think, um, you know, both of us have to be, well, I think we all have to be careful about that these days mm-hmm. um, because we are, we are carrying and holding uh, a lot of people yeah. around us. And that, and that holding... Uh, is what we need to be exceptional at, I think. Uh, you know, I think we are setting ourselves up to be these people and out, out of desire. I think that's what we want to do. We want to make a difference to people's lives. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing this. Yeah. Uh, but I, we have to be careful. We really have to be careful not to burn ourselves out because then we're not going to be any use to anybody uh, is a really good bit of a kind of reality question there it's like at what point do we feel that we're burning out and i i wonder at christmas whether i was having a little i had a moment to think and go oh hang on a minute what the hell's going on here um and then i'm back <laughs> going bonkers at it again but maybe that's okay maybe that's <laughs> that was that what's... wine you had with your stepson i thought oh god that was a turning point um right increase so this is four we've we've only got three more i hope this isn't agony but it, i think it's quite interesting yeah, personally yeah, yeah well, um, with, okay I'm, yeah there's only one listener so, question i see there's some listeners arrived in the um audience by the way okay so increase productivity in your primary field of interest specifically focus on prolific quality output your pqo in the area in which you want to be known and drive to, and to drive impact uh, you'll also have to minimise distractions, including opportunities that steal your attention from creating prolific quality output. Oh, and... That's a bit deep, isn't it? Ooh. Follow that with a question for me, then. <laughs> well, what what is your primary field of interest? Um, as Michael Jackson once sung... It's to heal the world and make it a better place for you and me and the entire human race. Um, what? Ask me it again. Sorry. What is your pre- <laughs> what What is your primary field of interest? Financial stability for me and my family. That's what it boils down to. If we're talking on personal. Hmm. So stability, um, spe- not wealth, is the key. Yeah, thing. specifically focus on prolific quality output. So, is your output uh, of some quality, and is it prolific, sufficient to achieve that target? Do you think? I would like to think so. Um, it- yes. Hmm. This is tough. These questions, my brain's, excuse my language, fucked today. Yeah. 
that's now got as an expletive mark on the podcast. I think that's the first swear of this episode as well, by the way. You've been good. How are you doing in um, minimising distractions away from that? There's your problem. There's your problem. Mine or yours? No, 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 no. I think you've hit the, the, the point that that the, the, there is my problem. Um, I wouldn't say I'm easily distracted, but I make myself too available to be then distracted. So I'm finding because my diary is so literally slammed, to use uh, one of my American friends' name uh, terms, it is so slammed from 7 until 9pm at the minute, and then people want to talk to me outside of those times, which is when I then want to do the work that I haven't been able to do during the day, that's the problem. Um, but that's why I'm hoping in six weeks it changes. But I, but as it stands, I'm able to maintain the quality because of I've got a good support team around me. But I'm very aware that isn't sustainable for the long term. Excuse me. You see, I'd, I don't know what my primary field of interest is. Is it playing my banjo? I beg your pardon. Is it is it, is it being in my shed? Is it? Um, I mean, so so some people say, well, it, of course it should be Christabel. It should be your wife. Uh, it should be your children. It should be, um, you know, changing the world or doing whatever it is. Well, I, 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 all of those are my interests. Narrowing it down to one primary field of interest, I think that is the the big question of this whole thing what what is my primary field of interest what is it i don't know i don't know i actually don't know i've got so many interests i don't know what my primary interest is and i think it changes how much of it do you reckon we have in common which is to help people be better yeah but is indirectly is that us wanting to be better ourselves god jeez is this a global leadership podcast or is this a global uh, outing of our uh, of our flaws well you see the, the what i think is important and hopefully what we're giving off here is that we both have a growth mindset we both have a dynamic mindset we are interested in learning and i i think even a book you know just getting these books and having a go and just absorbing yourself in it not being judgmental uh, not criticising it, oh, well, that's just another one. Just take something out of it and just have a good, ask some questions and see where it goes. And I've always done this with people and had fun with it. So we're nearly there, Ant, um, and uh, the next part, and I this is where I think I would give you an absolute 10 out of 10 for, in my opinion, and that is develop influence uh, with those around you. <laughs> uh, it will make you better at getting people in. Uh, to believe in and support your efforts and ambitions. Unless you consciously develop a positive support network, major achievements over the long haul are all but impossible. I'm I'm going to do a closed question. Do you agree with that last statement or do you disagree? I agree. And I want to give you a funny funny anecdote of someone that you and I both know. So one of uh, the investors in the company I work for did a speech at one of my team's meetings a few weeks ago. And uh, he made reference to my influencing skills. And he said that I'd asked him for some free advice. And I don't know how he did it, but he made me sign a non-disclosure agreement so that he could <laughs> ask me to give him free advice. <laughs> and then I could I, see some people laughing, going, that's exactly what he does. 
I thought, oh, okay, is that a good or a bad thing? I'm not sure. Uh, there you go. I think I think you can't help yourself, uh, but to develop influence um, with those around you. I hope I that's just, I hope that's a do. positive. I hope I spin that positively though, because what I don't want to be seen as a uh, buddies is too strong a word. You know what I mean though. Um, uh, seen as a strength of persuasion but not railroading because sometimes I'm worried if people aren't willing to challenge me because of my over-influencing style do I then go up the wrong path or have I had my fingers burnt too many times in the past I'm too not fixed mindset but I'm too nervous about making the same mistake again so I then talk that person out of their way of thinking you know yes well I think you are um, uh, an assertive influencer you're not a you're not a aggressive uh, or even early aggressive my passive um, aggressive oh good god jb what a well, day no no <laughs> you you're i think sometimes you can have high levels of assertion just perhaps sometimes parked on the border of aggression just parked there there's always sometimes uh just a sense that you just might flip over but in my experience I don't think you ever have. I, I have seen high levels of assertion, which is because you're passionate about something and the way that people should be treated or whatever. Um, and I think that trust uh, helps you to build that level of influence. It's brilliant. I have, um, I have another anecdote for you if you're interested. Go on and on. it's not something that showers me with positivity. Um, you will know that in my family, we've been trying to get rid of a commercial property for the last 18 months. And it's finally exchanged, by the way, this week, so it has gone through. Um, but I had to use okay. my... I had to turn up the the influence to borderline aggression, to your point, um, because I knew that we were being lied to by the, uh, by the buyers of the property. And the solicitor was playing the game as well because they wanted time because they had made mistakes. So I sent a very nice but to the point email to the solicitor saying, I think you might need a COVID test because I'm the only one that can smell bullshit. <laughs> That's brilliant. Well, that... <laughs> and, and I didn't get a reply, but then, I, but then the, the agent sent me the reply that they got to them going, this guy's really aggressive. And I went, That's not aggressive. That's just fed up. Yeah, trust me. Um, so that fits quite nicely into the, the final point, which is demonstrate courage. Uh, by expressing your ideas, <laughs> taking bold action and standing up for yourself and others, uh, even in the face of fear, uncertainty, threat or changing conditions. Courage is not an occasional act, but a trait of choice and will. I would agree Courage. with that. Yes, yes. Courage came up earlier in a thing that we were doing. It did. Just how, import how important that is in these times. I, there was a really lovely quote I saw online a few weeks ago, which said, um, strength, people don't realise how strong you are until that's all you have left or something like that. It was very nice. Hmm. You don't realise how strong you are until you have nothing left. I pick my moments. I like that. I pick my moments of being courageous, perhaps a little too much. Um, you know, if if a child is drawing graffiti against a wall in the street... Um, I will be looking at it in terms of the quality of its artistic endeavour. Uh, I have a neighbour who thinks that I'm a Marxist because I view <laughs> it that way. 
which I think is really rude. No, I wouldn't call um, that. But I'm not going to go and challenge that kid, uh, but a neighbour would. Um, that kind of thing. Um, if someone if someone walks down the street and their dog does a poo in the street, what would you do, Ant? I'd say to them, clear up your dog shit, please. You would go and say that? Most probably. What if they were six foot six, stacked and looked like an ex-marine? I might shake my head in a very passive-aggressive way. <laughs> And then get, me that. then get my phone out and start filming them. I think I'd bring out. Uh, I'd, I think I'd take out one of my poo bags and say, "Can I? Can I help? Can I help in some way? Here's oh, a poo bag. That's nice. Um, that's very nice. Would you like to have one of my poo bags? Um, but he'd probably just turn around and say, "Well, I don't mind if you clear it up yourself." I think. In which case, I'd say, "Yeah, okay." Since having children and a six foot nine person, I may not do it for fear that they don't have a father anymore. But other than that, yeah, in the past, because on those little moments, it's a knife edge moment that could be the end of you. Yeah, we got to be a bit careful out there. This is this is deeper than I expected to get from a leadership podcast today. What's the learns for our leaders then? (laughs) Well, so I think it is to um, you know have a have a have a look at those six areas. I'll just repeat them back quickly. Um, So generate energy. How are you doing? Um, Raise the necessity for exceptional performance in yourself and others. Uh, Increase productivity in your primary field of interest. What is your primary field of interest? Um, Don't just tick the box and stick it on a flip chart. Have a good think about it. Develop influence uh, with those around you. How are your influencing skills? Um, and how are you demonstrating courage? And I, I think, you know, I, I know I've probably got work to do uh, in all of those areas. And I'm having a good old bloody think about it uh, as a result of that. Good. So, Ant, where are you going to take us next? Well, um, this is a less seamless segue. We're going to rattle into the new section. Um, I wanted to bring to the audience in the room and the listeners' attention an article that I found very interesting this week. And the article was titled, Why Both Sides Lie in Interviews. And the article ultimately elaborates on the point that most of us kind of call out all the time that it's the candidate that inflates their salary, their experience, their credibility, um, they claim that things that have been happening in their previous organisations were actually theirs when they weren't. Um, they simply listened to the debrief that happened and cloned it for themselves. But what this article goes on to say is that it's both ways. How honest are organisations or hiring managers more specifically at being transparent about the real world? Now, for me... I interviewed someone yesterday for a role that they're interested in for the company I work for and their salary expectations were way out of range. So I said to them, I think you've got an awful lot of potential, but don't be offended if we decline you based on the salary range being way outside of what you're looking to achieve. That said, we're not about the basic salary here. And then I gave a whole host of reasons why it was. And um, I then also said, we are a young company. It's chaos. Um, because the truth is, I would, ra- and 
I'll come to the conclude. Remind me of concluding this story. The truth is, I would rather someone not join because I think they're a really good catch, and then take them on, and then it doesn't work out because, and I've made that mistake. I've you know not necessarily painted as bleak a picture as I could have done. That role, if it's replacing someone else, it failed for someone else, or they left. Why did it fail for them? Why did they leave? Or why did we fire them? In this instance, it's a new role, by the way. So, and if that person happens to be listening. Um, you know, fair game. However, what's interesting is, so they wanted a salary that was 38% higher than what we were willing to pay. But I said, well, there's a bonus scheme, which may pay out depending on performance. There is um, a um, private medical, but critically, these are the non-monetary awards. And I then went through the, the experience, the team, the culture, the flexible working. And guess what? Last night, that person messaged someone in the business that they were introduced to us by who said, I really want this job, even though actually I'm taking a pay cut. Now, either that means they did like their interview <laughs> or I've been so transparent with them that they actually think I like, I want to work for the company. It's the company that attract me, not the package. But the reason this article is interesting is as leaders, I think it was a nice reminder of the importance of not trying to inflate the value of what you're offering to people. And there is more value in being honest in an interview as an employer for your own sanity rather than having to hire someone two or three times. Because, you know, in the last month, we've lost someone that's joined um, and that wasn't for us lying in an interview, but we certainly believed that person had the potential to be as successful as they could be. So transparency in interviews, I think... If they can go through constructively, here's the reality. This is why you'll love it. But if you don't like this type of environment, this ain't for you. Or that's what you're after. This is the reality. Arguably, if we should have gone through the process or Hitch had gone through the process and we'd offered them a package that was way below and I hadn't explained it to them, they'd have been pissed off and gone on probably on social media and gone, wouldn't work for this company, went through this entire process and they offered me a salary that's 30% below what I was what I was on previously. Why would I do that? So I think transparency in interviews is an interesting point for leaders to listen up to is transparency as a hiring manager can often do you more good as a great leader. What's your thoughts? Well, I was just wondering whether you can get a lie detector on eBay. Because <laughs> um, if I if I had been connected, if I'd been strapped up to a lie detector in all the interviews that I went to in my previous life i don't think i would have got any of those jobs um and i'm not saying i'm a you know compulsive liar certainly not but in an interview it's almost like it's expected that you're going to be a little bit uh economical with the actuality uh just to, for the record ladies and gents he's definitely not 12 inches <laughs> he's 15 um, 15, but, uh, 15. but equally, I, I, I think um, I, when I uh, started recruiting um, at an earlier stage in my career as a manager, I think I was so, so excited by being a manager and the position I was in. I just bullshitted about the brilliant job and all that kind of stuff. And I think later on, I realized that was really a bad idea um, because actually, you know, when people are not capable uh, of matching your 
expectations or the, the strategic goals of the business, it's bloody costly. It's so costly. It's costly in, in financial terms and it's costly in time terms to have hired the wrong person, which segues quite nicely into one last little thing. And it may be something that we bring into another another session, actually. And it's about um, the work of um, Mi Yang Chung Judge. Rolls off the about? tongue, doesn't it? Uh, I learned about this lady when I did uh, an organisational development practitioner programme at Roffey Park, which is fabulous, by the way, really, really good programme. And uh, anyway, uh, she talks about the edge of chaos, the edge of chaos, and it is between chaos and order. So here's an example. Chaos, there's too little procedure, and order, there's too much procedure. So procedure. And the edge of chaos is just enough just enough procedure. Chaos, anarchy, order, too many rules. Edge of chaos, clear parameter and uh, clear parameters and key objectives. So you can get the idea that what kind of organization are you? Are you a chaotic, chaos-driven organization? Are you an order-driven organization? Or are you at the edge of chaos where you've got chaos and order. It is the perfect both and. So I'm not going to ask you, Anne, where you're... Uh, I mean, it's up to you, but I, I think... Um, you saw my face though, didn't you? Yeah, it's interesting um, when you when you think about, you know, organisations you've been in in the past, would you describe that as a chaos organisation or an order um, organisation or an edge of chaos organisation? <sighs> Um, as a employee, I am drawn towards chaos because you can make a difference in creating order in chaos. Um, once that chaos has been turned into order, I get bored. Mm. Yes. And I wouldn't, and I think I have seen managers and leaders in organizations, Trump is a great example where they don't like order, so they create chaos to keep chaos. Look at leaders that have got bored in their job and they go into self excuse me, self-destruct mode. Um, so for me, I would like to think we're on the edge, but we're on the chaos edge of order rather than on the order side towards chaos. So I think as our company grows, what's going on upstairs um is that yours or mine no it's yours it is yours i thought it's mine these headphones are too good i thought i was someone's in the room trying to knock my shed down with me in it yeah jeez christabel's life insurance policy is obviously just renewed again um <laughs> so yeah um i think we are on the chaos side of that spectrum but we are going towards order and that's because we have a plan you i you see i i think both you and i uh, would hate to be in an order organization, order being too much procedure, too many rules, rigidity, low to no risk, um, only purposeful connections, commander control, formal rather than informal contacts. That's not your world. No. Um, so chaos, uh, the opposite. So too little procedure, anarchy, confusion, risk-taking, too many connections, free for all, 
anyone can act, informal rather than formal contacts, gossip, blah, blah. Wow. I, what, so one word that I picked out of your control yeah. was um, control and command. Yeah. And almost it's saying chaos is linked to empowerment. That's a paraphrase, I grant you. But, yeah, but yeah, anyone actually. can take anyone can take a decision. Well, if the competence is in the room, why do I have to control all the decisions? Yeah, I, I so, don't know whether this is where we wanted the conversation to go. By the way, no, but it's quite interesting. I, I just very very quickly because I know you keep looking at the time. No, 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 um, I'm looking at the time because we've, we've still got ten minutes oh, left. We're fine. Oh, okay. Um, so here, I'll just read the edge of chaos. Right, this is this is the in betweeny. The in-betweeners. Um, so just enough procedure, clear parameters and key objectives. Uh, the what is clearer than the how. Um, so we know what we're doing. Uh, the how, have a go. How does, See that, how you get how on. does that play on our bus metaphor? Because well, our, our what is the destination and the how's the how you gonna quality get of the bus and its passengers. Exactly. So um, risk-taking based on data and past learning. So risk-taking is cool, but it's based on, okay, what did we learn the last time we did this, people? Uh, everyone can act within parameters. So everyone's got a kind of, there is, there is a, a kind of container for your controlled explosion. Uh, so a good discerning mix of free-for-all, everyone can act, and command and control. Um, Well-connected on relationships. Um, info for all. So so info is, is available to everybody uh, rather than it being isolated in one part of the organisation, usually at the top. And uh, it's not spread by gossip in chaos world. So uh, in, I don't think it's arguing that any of these are perfect, right? There is no right or wrong in any of this. It's just interesting to look at the culture of an organisation. And the, the reason why I thought it would be interesting to just throw this in is when you're recruiting, what the hell is your organisation? And is this person, person going to fit into it if their intention is to have an ordered existence in a chaotic environment? Because that won't last, will it? <laughs> no. There we have it. Yeah, these are all the things that I think are really, really relevant uh, to today's world, um, where we feel like we are uh, on in chaos, um, and the, and you can see, you can sense, you can hear people saying, oh, "We need more greater order. We've got to pull down all of the these rules and make." make it all tight and tidy and neat and 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 actually i'm thinking really do we do we need to batten down and tighten up and get all of this very very tight or do we actually have an appetite to make things more loose and ex, ex, and explore and innovate and create and all the risks that go with it there's a so client, somewhere there's a middle ground there, there's a client isn't there that we're talk, talking to at the minute and working with who aspire to be on the more or less control side yeah um they want that culture to exist where people feel that they have some flexibility and dynamic dynamism 
Um, we have time for listener questions. Um, if you have listener Ooh. questions to submit, you can do so via globalleadershippodcast.gmail.com. For the audience, you can use the Q&A box. Please uh, mark it as anonymous if you don't want your name read out, or you can leave it unanonymous and we'll mention your name when we ask the question. Uh, JB, there is a question here. What is your vision for 2021? Oh, for me? Yes, personally. both of us. Yeah, I guess, oh, I guess so. I see. It's a, I, um, it's a, just ask the question. There's no name. Okay, so... Um, That's my... from Jonathan, by the way. Not you. It's from Jonathan. Okay. Uh, well, so um, my vision uh, for this year uh, is to... Well, it's unfortunately, it's kind of like a whole load of a load of things that um, I'm up to, uh, which involves my my book, um, a a program that I'm developing, um, and my investment in your business. Um, so all of those things are are tied into that. So if I was to put one word in as my vision, uh, I think that word would be flourish. Um, and within that flourish, flourishing uh, would be technologically sound, published, um, and known. I, I think I, I I want to flourish in in those three areas and make a hell of a difference uh, by flourishing. So something around that. It's a good question. It's a flourishing thing. What about you, Ant? I've been trying to think whilst you've been answering. <laughs> Because then you're kind of feeding me with, that's quite a good suggestion. Uh, my vision for the year, two words, and I'll need to expand on it because the two words may give you the wrong impression. A controlled explosion. Ooh. Um, what about your business? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's just my pants. Um, <laughs> or my two-year-old's pants when he's at a bad You're going to spend more time <laughs> having curries. Yeah, yeah. M&S curries. Um... Other curries are available at Waitrose and other yeah, fine and international restaurants all over the world. Um, uh, it's difficult. I think controlled explosion. Um, I think a lot of the team I work with and the investors are all of the same mind that this is that what we're about to do is going to change the world. That sounds incredible. I hope we listen back to this podcast and ten years ago, what an idiot! <laughs> or no, more importantly, <laughs> no, he was on weren't the money. You on the on the money, mate. Yeah. Yeah, as as I listened from my super yacht, Um, and because of its potential explosion, we need to control it to protect the users and the employees from being harmed during that explosion. Um, There is a need to run before. Sorry, (laughs) there is going to be a need to run in some respect before we walk but we need to have some really comfy clothes on that if we do fall over, it's not going to harm us too much or the people inside that costume. So that's where I come from with a controlled explosion. I think we're going to go crazy with our product as the market very quickly becomes aware of what we are and who we're about and what we do and the quality of what we offer. Um, But the controlled explosion is probably the best. And ironically, it links in nicely to your previous story. So if I can um, paraphrase that, and you know that paraphrasing can be quite dangerous sometimes, um, you're going to have a controlled explosion in your pants and you're going to run before you can walk. That pretty much sums it up nicely. I'm going to shit myself and explode. (laughs) (laughs) But I've got got a nappy on. So yeah, anyway, 
<laughs> like that bombshell. Uh, anything, anything nice planned for the weekend ahead? <laughs> uh, God, I tell you what, what's quite interesting is so many people are making takeaways uh, from home in Ramsgate. Um, and I had uh, the most brilliant Vietnamese takeaway uh, the other day. It's cooked by a South African lady who lives down the road and you go and get it. It's all made up and it's beautiful. And it's it's put in these recyclable little containers and it's not too expensive. And you bring it home, shove it in the oven um, and off you go. And that's just one of three. So she's doing Vietnamese and um, all sorts and of... And she's from South Africa. And she's from South Africa. Um, I, other people um, are doing Indians and so on. And they're doing it from home. These little industries, which, you know, you'd hope with a little bit of support, uh, they just might turn into to, to quite nice little businesses one day. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, nice. Well, there you go. I don't know where I went with that, why I went with that. But that's um, what I'm going to be doing this weekend yeah. is, is eating loads of food. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. Lovely. Um, me... I am, it's my birthday tomorrow, um, and I am going to do not a lot. How, can I be vulgar and ask how old you're going to be tomorrow? I'm going to be, I was going to be, she could say one year older than last year, but you know I had a landmark birthday last year, so you should be able to work it out from that. I'm, you're going to be 32. Yes. 41 tomorrow. I don't know why, but I did have your birthday in my diary for tomorrow and it starts at 12 o'clock for some reason. I yeah. didn't put it as an all-day thing. Sorry okay. to deprive you of that. No, it's fine. I might have to edit that out because I just realised my name and my date of birth now on a podcast. So, Oh. You know, it's rife for identity theft, isn't it? Because I work no, out the release date and they'll tomorrow. Yeah. yeah well, you've, got, you've got quite a lot of bleeping to do out of this podcast, I yeah, think. Yeah, exactly. You've got to stop calling me a wanker. What about your soup? Isn't that going a bit cold? I had that at the beginning. I muted Did myself you... whilst you were reading your monolithic. Is that if, that's not the right word. Reading your monologue. How did you wolf that down so damn quickly? Um, a big mouth. Gob on a wow. stick. Yeah. Amazing. Anyway, me and JB must now go and mentally prepare ourselves because we are in a mere 90 minutes on stage once more for the world um, in a programme we're doing for a client. And let's hope they get their bit right for the second run through. Um, even if we did what we were told to do. And, yeah, and then tomorrow I'll be celebrating my 41st with my my wife, my children, and my sleeping dog. She needs a walk. Um, she's obviously having a bit of a run there or something. Anyway, um, please get in touch with the programme. You can submit your questions, globalleadershippodcast.gmail.com. You can um, send us a message via social media. Uh, and you can indeed... Just listen. And if you happen to have listened to this as a podcast download and would like to be part of the audience, um, please find via our social media how you can do so. And by the way, in the next few weeks, you can enroll with it via our Seedle.com membership as well. But for now, on behalf of myself only, because JB will do his own goodbyes, I've been Anthony Price. <laughs> And uh, I've been Jonathan Bradley, and we're now going off to do a little controlled explosion before we stick our ties back on. It's been lovely. Goodbye. See you.